0: Oh, what a beautiful day to be live on YouTube.com! New Sprint Ride Option podcast. A lot happened. Combine all that fun stuff. We're going to talk about it here. I forgot that we do the cold opens. Now, Sprint Ride Option podcast starts right now.
1: Welcome everybody.
0: We are live. We are
1: live. My name is Jason Aponte. I am Andrew Pasquini. We're working. That's it. We're working over here. That's it. Let's go Niners.
0: Let's go Niners. Sprint Ride Option. Podcast. Oh, man, I've been waiting two whole weeks for this, a new Sprint Ride Option podcast. I am Andrew Pasquini, joined, as always, by some calling him the hottest man on 49ers Twitter, Jason Aponte. He is incomparable. He is in Jersey. How are you doing, Jason? It's been a minute.
1: I'm good. Those people saying that I'm the hottest person either have vision problems or just really can't see at all. But uh, yeah, I'm, it's going to be pretty home. well. Uh, all right. Well, it seems to be, you know, it seems to be good to be home. I mean, just being in, in Indy for that entire time, I felt like I had maybe four total hours of sleep the entire time. And uh, I never drank more coffee ever in my life than I did during that time. You know, kind of strange. Black coffee is actually pretty good.
0: Maybe people were right. <laughs> I, I didn't expect that to be the first take where I'm just like, eh, Jason, okay, black coffee now. So you're black coffee. I can't I can't do it with at least seven pounds of cream or an eight pounds of milk. Personally,
1: I man, when you when you literally get to bed at 430 in the morning and the the combine opens up at seven and you have to be in the media workroom, you need a little bit more. And uh, (laughs) yeah, you know, and honestly, I was just like, you know what, let me see what these guys are raving about. I tried it. It worked. But I was like, cup, cup after cup, after cup, after cup. That's the thing that kept me going this entire week. Not much sleep lot of uh, networking and, and somewhat partying going on uh, at the Combine. The Combine felt like it, there's two experiences. There's the players, the coaches, the GMs, all that stuff. And then there's the real Combine, which is the nightlife. And yes. that's kind of what I learned this Combine much more than I did the last one.
0: Prime Forty Seven, that's the spot, correct? Correct. Is that what it's correct. called? Yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard. I've seen stories about that place. Don't know. It's a steakhouse. It's in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and a lot of NFL people go there. That's all I really know about mm-hmm. it. Uh, Jay said, let, "Let's let's before we get into your too deep into your experience with the combine, there is some Niners news today. Let's yep. let's touch on that first because that that's that's the big story. Elbow gate, elbow watch, whatever you want to call it, Brock mm-hmm. Purdy." We thought he was going to have surgery on Wednesday. I believe a Mike Silver piece came out saying his surgery was going to be Wednesday this week. Shout out to Mike Silver. Shout out Mike Silver. By the way, that's part of the story we'll dive into. Mm -hmm. That's Combine stories. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But the surgery is now going to be on Friday. We still don't know what the surgery is. And I think that's the scariest part of all this because it sounds like Dr. Keith Meister, the guy doing the surgery, he doesn't know what surgery it's going to be until he actually gets in the elbow. Mm-hmm. I think the timeline is still held up. It's anywhere from that three to six month to now up to a year surgery type thing. This is the latest update we have though, the surgery for sure Friday. So the Niners timeline on their off season, because this feels like the first domino mm-hmm. is finding out what's going on with Brock Purdy's elbow. First domino to fall for the 49ers off season. It's gonna fall on Friday. We're gonna get the answer. Jason, what, what what's your thoughts on, on the purdy situation? I mean, there's not much that's changed other than a surgery date now, but how are you feeling two weeks, three weeks, four weeks after all the everything that's gone on? Well, that's
1: that's the question that I asked John Lynch when we we're at the combine, and that's kind of what I was alluding to. I mean, he's too good to be baited into a question by an amateur like me, but that's what I was asking about. I think when you when they figure out a more concrete timeline is when you'll figure out what veteran quarterback is going to be here. And the level of veteran quarterback that is signed is an indication of, oh shit, let's panic or everything's going to be fine. Yeah, I think 49er fans are too smart to just think that everything was going to go according to plan and be fine. We don't live in a perfect world, especially as San Francisco 49ers fans.
0: No, but especially with the John quarterback Lins- position.
1: Exactly. And John Lynch <laughs> spoke directly about they won't know until they get in there. And then he he's so media trained that he said, well, that's for every surgery that all my players go through as well, too. And I was like, oh, I was like, you know, you know what you're doing right here. Like, he's so good. He's very good. He's very good. Um, But yeah, it's right now, I think the uneasiness that people are feeling is that there's no definitive line right now in terms of is it the reconstruction or is it just, you know, the the complete overhaul or whatever the worst case scenario is. So um. Having the surgery on Friday, if it is six months, best case scenario, still puts him on track to somewhat be ready for the season. I would suspect that the 49ers do some sort of four week IR situation with him, mm-hmm. which would give Trey Lance all of that time uh, to you know, show whatever it is that he can win some games. Hopefully make the decision to go back to Purdy, either a non-discussion or a much tougher discussion with his play. But yeah, I think the uneasiness that people are feeling is that there's just no definitive word. And I think 49er fans have PTSD when it comes to the whole injury situation, because we've been told it's not severe. Three days later, season's over. And I think that's kind of where where we are right now.
0: And it's it's kind of like – it's almost like a deja vu of last offseason, right, is we were waiting on the news with Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulder injury in terms of what the plan was with the quarterback position. Obviously, this is a little bit of a different scenario because the Niners are trying to figure out who their week one starter is. Who of right this second is Trey Lance. So let's be honest, Trey Lance is your week one starter right now. Maybe things change if Purdy gets surgery back on February 22nd when he first w- was with Dr. Meister. Obviously that didn't happen. The swelling was too bad, which to me is a bit concerning that he had swelling two, three, four weeks after the injury occurred. So I don't know what that means. I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor, Jason Aponte. I think that's something that uh, I'm safely not on this podcast as a doctor, but, but yeah, it's a little concerning. And now it, it turns into, as Jason said, what level free agent quarterback are the Niners looking at because really everything's on the table depending on what you want to subscribe to because if you think the Niners really like Trey Lance then you're talking you know Andy Dalton's maybe Baker Mayfield level type players and maybe Baker Mayfield might be a I don't know team might see Baker as a starter who knows or if maybe they're not a hundred percent in into the idea of Lance that's where maybe the reports of, I don't know, trying to talk a guy out like Tom Brady out of retirement might come up. Things like that. Aaron Rodgers, dare I say, things like that. So, so we'll see. But this is, once again, second, second offseason in a row, Jason Aponte, a 49ers quarterback injury is kind of holding everything up. And and ideally, we get this answer on Friday because I'm sure John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, they want to know what they're doing and, and, and what they're looking at at the quarterback position. Uh, for those of you who who unfamiliar with the timeline, the athletic has a nice little timeline set up Purdy ruptured his UCL uh, in the NFC championship game was supposed to have surgery February 22nd the swelling wasn't good or the swelling did not go down far enough for the doctor to feel comfortable enough the doctor there that is performing these surgeries Dr. Keith Meister he is a doctor for the Texas Rangers. Uh, makes sense. They're using a baseball guy because this is a baseball specific injury, or well, not a baseball specific injury. It's obviously a football injury since we're talking about it. Uh, but it is a, an injury that happens more in baseball than football. So obviously, an expert to do it. And nothing can happen until then. And, and that's that's where it is. So Jason, any final thoughts before we move on to the other quarterback news that came out today?
1: No, a few things. I mean, just one. There was a large buzz around Miami being very eager, or not eager, very willing. To move off a tour at any moment, mm-hmm. right? And Tom Brady kind of being mentioned over and over, ha- having not turned into retirement papers. Rich Eisen spoke to it. Definitely something that was whispered about in the circles, especially in this Prime 47, which got a ton of stories for you guys. I mean, I, I was able to talk ball with a lot of coaches and ear hustle a little bit more and learn some things. Um, and it's just, it, it's funny that speaking with so many outsiders, People who cover other teams, the Bears, the Titans, the Texans, the Steelers. Whenever we were talking and they found out that I cover the Niners, two things were evident. One, Kyle Shanahan is an incredible coach. And if he was fired, he was like, my team would fire their coach to sign Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, the Steelers guy didn't say that because Mike Tomlin is a legend. And two, why didn't you play Trey Lance from the beginning? And they said, I i mean, they, everyone who spoke about it from the outside, didn't matter what team they covered, really did not understand the thought process and not trying to kick off the development right away with Trey Lance and having another offseason of the same questions. And that's really interesting because us, we live in the 49ers Twitter world. We know what everybody thinks. Either you hate Brock and you love Trey or you hate Trey and you love Brock. Yeah, that's it. There's no, there's no way for you to just say, I care about both of them. You know, Rams run the chat. Rams running the everybody out of town, pal. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's just funny to me that from the outside, you know, looking in, all of these people have the same take that we had when Trey Lance was drafted, was you needed to kick this off now. And now mm-hmm. here you are in the third year and you still don't know. Funniest thing to me. It's just kind of interesting to hear those parallels. There's people that want Kyle Shanahan fired. Everyone that watches the San Francisco 49ers on the outside understands how great of a coach Kyle Shanahan is yeah. and knows that they would fire their coach to mm-hmm. hire Kyle Shanahan.
0: Yeah, and that's what it is. It's just one of those things. You don't know how good he got it until it's gone. But if the Niners – and I think this is – like the, the Shanahan firing – uh conversation was was so so october of everybody but yeah the, the, i think if the niners ever went that route which i god i hope they don't a lot of teams would make moves to make that happen uh and, and ugo why can't we be team both ideally people everybody should be i'm team both i think jason i am team i am Win team whoever wins the super bowl and that's why anyway. i i personally tom brady personally uh but it's oh, twitter god everybody's got their narratives. Everybody tells you to cope over one thing or another. It's just, it is what it is at this point. Uh, But you know who I was team of signing last year? Phillip mm-hmm. Rivers, Jason mm-hmm. Aponte. I wanted, for, no, that's a lie. That's 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 a lie. That's
1: definitely not. Um, I was waiting for the James Winston drop, but okay. Yeah,
0: no, that's no, that's the free agency conversation. Jason Aponte. Uh, the the other big quarterback news, quote unquote, big quarterback news today. Rich Eisen. I don't know if he necessarily reported it. He just kind of worded it in a way of like, hey, I heard this. At the combine, just kind of hanging out. The Philip Rivers called both the Niners and Dolphins about the possibility of coming out of retirement last season. I am assuming the phone call came to the Niners right around the time Jimmy Garoppolo went down. Obviously, the Niners didn't go that route. The Dolphins also obviously didn't go that route. Um, I, and to me, this is uh, essentially a non-story in my mind. Just because I, I like, to me, who would you rather? You know, who would you feel comfortable with? a quarterback who, who's been around for a while, who hasn't been in the room with the Niners all season or the quarterback Brock Purdy, who had been there at the whole year in house. And I have a, I'm not going to call it a unique situation with this, but I was at the game. I was at the Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt the dolphins game when that happened. And I was driving back with Tim sprinkles, Brian Rennick. We love them here on the sprint red option podcast. And just all the names thrown out there. You know, Jameis Winston, that was my guy who I was referencing. Uh, but but Philip Rivers was one of the names that was mentioned of, like, how do the Niners fix this? I was always against Philip Rivers. Something about Philip Rivers doesn't excite me, especially his time with Indianapolis. He was up and down, not the best. I just, I don't think in 2023, or I guess it's 2022 when this happened, I don't know how helpful he would have been. Uh, coming off the couch into a highly touted divisional race at the time and a playoff run for the Niners. I know people see the name Philip Rivers and say, oh, well, they could have had him. Why not? Uh, I I think I could give you a lot of reasons, including he wasn't there all season. I don't think he was going to step in. I don't want to say he wasn't going to be as good as Brock Purdy, but I could see it being a struggle for him, if that makes sense. Uh, so, so Jason, what are your thoughts on the Phillip Rivers calling the Niners? And do you regret the Niners didn't call back?
1: No. No. Um, I mean, it was clear the 49ers were confident in Brock Purdy and what they had. And, and who's the fault them right now at this point? I mean, if Brock Purdy got injured in the NFC Championship game, what would Phillip Rivers have done when he had a free rusher running right at him? You know, I mean, yeah, he's tough. He's played on a torn ACL. He's wrangling 10 to 12 kids. Um, takes a tough guy to do all that.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just a funny story to put out there. Again, a lot. this is the thing that I learned from the combine. You hear things, certain things sound good, but you can't run with everything that you hear right off the bat because that's how you make yourself look silly. Oh, Mm -hmm. I heard this and this and this, and then it gets refuted, and then you look crazy just because one or two people said it. This is why I never want to get into the whole I heard business, even though I'm probably going to do that in a little bit because I (laughs) did hear some stuff. Uh, But at the same time, for me, it's just – it's just a non-story at this point. I mean, I do I do think this. I do think that Phillip Rivers reached out to Miami and San Francisco because they were on their third quarterback. Funny enough, when I ran up with Coach McDaniel, I made a little comment of, well, Coach, you and Kyle were trying to figure out who could win the most games with their third-string quarterback, and Coach said, well, Kyle was a little bit better than I was at it. You know, like, oh, we love Coach McDaniel, man. I've got a few more stories with him, but um, I just think it's a funny story to look back on. Also proves the fact that, you know, these guys have a tough time turning off their competitive edge. Um, mm-hmm. Even when they say that they're going home, um, you see an opportunity. You see a chance to maybe have one last run at the ring because that's what he was looking at with San Francisco. So not out of the realm of possibilities, but at this point, nah, who cares, man?
0: Yeah. And, and obviously to me, like he I don't think he was going to take a backup spot. And I think that's where I if, if Philip Rivers called the Niners and said, hey, let me be the emergency quarterback for Brock Purdy. I think that's a different conversation, but obviously he called the Dolphins. He called the Niners because he said, those are spots that need a quarterback. I could just step in and be the starter. Obviously the Niners and Dolphins said no to that idea and ran with what they had. The Niners making the NFC championship game with Brock Purdy, the Dolphins kind of making it a game with Skylar Thompson. Obviously season's end. I, I don't think Phillip Rivers was moving the needle for me either way. And, and even to, he he wouldn't have been a backup. So Maybe the Niners don't make the NFC Championship game. Who knows? Axel says anybody but Mason Rudolph would yes. be like that idea. Preach. Uh, anyone. Jason, anyone but Mason Rudolph. Jason Aponte, the biggest news to come out of the 49ers this weekend. Before we get into a little bit of free agency, before we get into a lot of the combine, Niners have a Kicker. What are we going to do?
1: I swear to Christ. <laughs> if the 49ers use a any draft pick, any on a kicker any let me ask you so let me ask you something yes oh my goodness i'm already like i'm, I'm already like sweating this idea that you need a franchise kicker what the shit is that <laughs> what is a franchise kicker what is a franchise kicker please explain to me when the five top paid kickers aside from justin tucker have bounced around from team to team Because you can find kickers at Trader Joe's and your local target. (laughs) By the way, Justin Tucker is the undisputed GOAT. Undrafted. Undrafted. Mm -hmm. The San Francisco 49ers do not have a first or second round pick. And they Mm -hmm. are trying to build this team the best they can. Mm -hmm. And you are asking them to use Mm -hmm. a valuable pick in the third or fourth or fifth round where they, they have had success in those rounds, to get a kicker. Mm-hmm. Sign Eddie Pinheiro, move on. He can kick it out of the end zone. He makes kicks. And you know what, Andrew Pasquini? Maybe Kyle Shanahan realizes, you know what? I should go for it more on fourth down as, instead of taking field goals. Maybe. I like that I'm idea. done with this. A franchise kicker? What are you all talking about? Uh what is a franchise kicker? What on earth is a franchise kicker? Is it Roberto Aguayo in the second round?
0: Wait, hang on. Don't, please don't slander to State guys. Stop
1: it. Stop it. Just stop it with this, man. Look, shout out to Robbie Gold. Thank you for the memories. Go get paid. Go home. I got you, bro. Like, I'm cool with it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But if the 49ers are trying to build this team up and build it with actual football players who play football because they don't have first and second round picks. And using if using a third or fourth round pick on this kicker would make me flip a table. There's literally four yeah. kickers that are locked in. Jason Myers, Justin Tucker, Graham Ganot, um, and one other guy, and Robbie Gold. After that, they're all guys. They're all just regular guys at this point. Eddie Pinheiro is the guy that you can sign, has done great work, can kick the ball out of the end zone. Do not use a draft pick on a damn kicker. Can you load this roster, please, man? We need... We need uh, more offensive linemen. We need more defensive linemen. We need secondary. Using a pick on a kicker is 100% malpractice. I'm done, man. I'm done, man. Stop talking (laughs) to me about a a franchise kicker. So so wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, One more thing, Andrew. Yes. So did the the Kansas City Chiefs win because they had Harrison Butker? Did the Tampa Bay Bucs win because they had whatever kicker? Build your roster with football players. Don't worry about kickers. And if you don't like your kicker, then go for it on fourth right. down and actually be more aggressive. Kyle Shanahan, 27th in the league in fourth down aggressiveness. I'm done with this shit, franchise kicker. Christ.
0: <laughs> so it's now a bad time to mention that I may or may not want to do a third round live stream. Remember how we did last year, the first round, because you were waiting to see if Debo got traded. Do a yeah. third round uh, we live to, stream on the off chance that the Niners go kicker at 99. No, we have to no no because because i think that'd be all-time look. content J- jason with the 99th pick in the 2023 nfl draft they probably have like joe staley announce this pick too because third rounds usually joe staley goes up there in and suit and all that stuff with the with the 99th pick in the 2023 nfl draft the niners select jake moody kicker michigan jason aponte flipping tables on the sprint right option podcast. i mean at you least guys thought thought, the best you the you knew spicy aponte wait until a kicker gets picked 99th my guy
1: at least they <laughs> took the best one. All right, so let's do kicker wins. Let's do kicker Super Bowl wins. Justin, Tucker how, many su- J- Justin Tucker, how many Super Bowls we got?
0: Was he there? Was he there? Was he there? Was, that- was he was Justin Tucker their kicker for that Super Bowl I don't want to talk about? How long In 2012. Justin- I don't think Justin – no, they had uh, Billy Cundiff back then.
1: So Justin Tucker has not even – who's the GOAT? Has not helped the Ravens win a Super Bowl.
0: Oh, I lied, he was a rookie that year. Oh, he was. Okay, so
1: Justin Tucker has won. One. Okay. Harrison Butker, Two. did he win Super Bowls because of his leg, or was it because... I
0: Well, I, I would argue, yeah, no. It, Mahomes really... They drafted Mahomes to enhance Butker, get them in field goal range more. <laughs> no, it's just... Well, I, then, I guess I guess I guess just to your point, right? You remember back in 2019 when Robbie Gold got hurt, hmm. and the Niners brought in Chase McLaughlin, uh, and he missed that field goal against Seattle. Since then, like he's been Not a, a serviceable NFL. Thirty for thirty-six in 2022. He was an undrafted player that the Niners just kind of picked up off the street to hold over. So, like that's yeah. kind of to your point, Jason. Like, like I understand, like. I understand the we're talking about kickers here. This is peak this is gold season gold. content. Uh, yeah, this this how is this the longest topic we've talked about? Because uh, I know it's it's because I know I can get you riled up with this. Uh, as fun as it is to have those kickers, man, a lot a lot of teams. Like Jake Elliott, that's the one. you're The talking
1: goat is about not Vinatieri.
0: The goat is not. Yeah, J- Justin Tucker is taking that. Like Justin Tucker drilling them from.
1: Justin Tucker's drilling them from sixty. And just because Tom Brady's putting him in a spot where he can hit the thirty-four yarder, give Justin Tucker that kick. Ten out of ten times he's drilling. Justin Tucker is the goat, not Adam Vinatieri. I'm sorry, Justin Tucker's drilling him from sixty out. I'm sorry. And franchise tag again, Robbie Gould. You gotta be out of here. All right, I'm just trying. I like. All right, I'm good. Let's.
0: Good. We good. Yeah, I'm good. You know, you know who might be a free agent here soon? The Niners could sign Lionel Messi. He's coming up on a contract with PSG. Yeah. Okay. That's enough kicker talk. Let's let's go combine, Jason Aponte. This is the meat and the potatoes of the show now because Jason Aponte was at the NFL Combine. He he was there talking quite a bit, or talking. He he was doing everything out there quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I I, my personal favorite was waking up the one morning and seeing what the club scene looked at three a.m. in Indianapolis on Instagram. That was lit. Uh, But Jason, let's let's talk football first. Let's talk about what's going on. Uh, In in a non 49ers standpoint because obviously there's a lot of players that were there that the niners aren't going to have a chance to get because the niners have the 99th pick so so from jason aponte the scout jason aponte the football lover jason aponte the football watcher who were the names that stood out to you most more of those day one first round picks who do you think helped themselves the most who do you think hurt themselves what are your thoughts on just the first round guys
1: uh, DJ Tucker, Lucas Van Hess, um, your guy from, from Florida State. Uh, what's his name? You, you, Jamie, you got Robinson. You look, Jamie Robinson. Jamie um, Robinson. You know, I wasn't there for offensive line. Quarterbacks is – is it sounds like from what I was hearing out there, we spoke to somebody the night before the quarterback drills, and the person told Brad – I was just ear hustling. I said it right next to him. He was like, Anthony Richardson is going to break every single combine record. And, and he, he, he sure did. Um, Zach Pickens is somebody who I definitely think the 49ers are in on he definitely spoke to the 49ers about that and uh, Javon Kinlaw he played with him as well too I believe if I'm not mistaken Um, but yeah I mean DJ Tucker I mean Byron Young uh, Um, a lot of a lot of really good edge this this draft is full of edge mm-hmm. tight ends and um the defensive backs I think.
0: And hey, that's a good think, sign. The Niners need all three
1: of those. Uh, yes, they do. And and they spoke to every single tight end that was mm-hmm. able-bodied and had two arms there at the combine. And shout out to Steph, Brad, Jordan. They all were asking those questions as well, too. They, they did an incredible job. You guys know that. Um, It was clear. The 49ers have plans. They have needs. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's boding well for the 49ers to do what they want to do and get what they need to get. They only have two defensive ends right now currently under contract. That's mm-hmm. Nick Bosa and Drake Jackson. And Mm -hmm. defensive back, when it comes to hoping Emmanuel Mosley comes back, hoping that other guys take steps, what happens with Deshaun Gibson? The 49ers are in a spot where they can develop guys while keeping their studs, right, like that, that are there as well. We're probably going to lose Jimmy Ward. Hopefully Emmanuel Mosley comes back, but the Amidou and Samuel Walmax seem fit to be outside and inside. So, yeah, I mean, right now, the 49ers have everything that they need right in front of them. And it was just... You know, we saw the combine record for forty for vertical, and and you know Anthony Richardson really uh, he just he just boosted his stock. And if the the buzz was if the Indianapolis Colts get to one, it's for Anthony Richardson, and it's not okay. for um, C.J. Stroud or or Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Um, they're they're not gonna take a chance missing out on those tools, and uh, he really showed out, man. He was really really good.
0: And real quick too, you mentioned Steph. I want to make sure to shout out Steph because she has a Google sheet that she, she has made available to everybody it. on Twitter. I've been using it because I started my own list and then I, I I went through and made my. I've been following on Twitter, made my own list, and then Steph like not five minutes after. She posted hers. And I'm like, why did all that work for nothing? Steph has an entire list of everybody the Niners have met, not just at the Combine, but this entire draft process back to January at the Senior Bowl. So go to Steph Sanchez's Twitter page. Uh, let me make sure I get her, her at just in Steph case 49K. You guys. At 49K, you can go there. I believe it's her pinned tweet. She has a a beautiful Google sheet of everybody the Niners have met with, so please go make sure to do that. Uh, Jason, I don't think Anthony Richardson is going to fall to 99. (laughs) I don't think (laughs) Nolan Smith is going to fall to 99. Guys who really helped the draft stock at the Combine. Mm -hmm. Tell me some guys that you saw at the Combine that you said, hey, I, I want the Niners to get him in the third round. Or, hey, even how about this? I'll even give you a little bit more leeway. Maybe somebody that might be in the second round that the Niners maybe try and package and move up to get into the second round. Who's who's some guys not they want who you want the Niners to go after?
1: Zach Pickens, Julius Brents, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta went to Iowa, talked about George Kittle being a a guy that he looks up to, obviously. And Zach Pickens interior, uh, you know, I mean, defensive lineman, you know, knows Javon Kinlaw spoke glowingly about the time that he spoke with them. And yeah, man, Julius Brents, I mean, he's long. He almost looks like he shouldn't be as as good as he is with his size. Almost feels like a Tariq Woolen type thing. Um, in which you get in which you get a guy who is just athletically gifted, a freak tall. Um, so yeah, I, I think those are some guys that they should be looking at. I just do I just think that Julius Brents did a little bit too much to push himself into round two, like out of the way of the 49ers. We did realize at the senior bowl that they were speaking with him. So yeah. And Sam Laporta, Um, it's hard to envision two tight end sets because what I think people really, you know, forget what that is, that would have to be like a red zone thing. And that would take Kyle check off the field. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, man, Kittle and Laporta back to back, you know, both Iowa boys uh run after the catch guys. That would be incredible. Those are some guys that the 49ers should be looking at right there. It just depends on how hard, how high they're going to prioritize them. You know, Ross Dwelly and Tyler Crawford, both free agents. Sounds like the, like, again, the 49ers spoke to every single tight end that was there. Um, mm-hmm. And they spoke to many centers, many centers. And obviously the one that, that jumps out is the one that looks like Brad is uh, the kid from NDSU um, that uh, that it's Cody Mouse, I believe his name is, but he plays all five positions. You know how the 49ers love their versatility. So a lot of guys and a lot of guys that I think will be in that range um, and, and especially when you think about what the 49ers actually need um, in this draft.
0: Um, this might be my evergreen question to ask you up until the draft because it's going to change a few times. I don't want to name specifically. The Niners currently, their first pick is going to be the 99th pick. As of March 6, 2023, and this changes, the Niners will select a blank with the 99th pick. What position do you think they go with? Edge edge you think you think they jump off with the edge do you have a name in mind not not to put you against it
1: there's two byron youngs
0: um like that
1: that's really funny uh byron young was really good uh isaiah mcguire um i think that i think that his his drill work is gonna put him in a spot where people look at it and say i don't know about him but I, i actually really feel good about him um he had some trouble with his footing, but I feel like all of those edge guys did on the field where they were slipping and sliding everywhere. I don't know what condition the field was in. I don't know. Maybe it was a bit of nerves, but I do think Isaiah McGuire is somebody that you should keep an eye out on um, from Missouri, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's somebody. But I do think in my heart, this team is going to go and stay in the trenches, and this time it's going to be defensive end. I, I would say edge.
0: Okay. My 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 hot take one is I think they go tight end first. That, that's what maybe. I'm sitting right now. But If hey, LaForte is there, you'd... I get it. We, we literally have six weeks where my brain is going to change a million times on what the Niners mm-hmm. are going to do in the draft. Uh, not Niners specific, but I'm curious on what your thoughts were, uh, what it was like being there, uh, the Jalen Carter situation. I, I, we don't need oh, to dive in wow. too deep into it. I'm ju- I am just want to know what it was like being there with that situation going on. As I said, we don't need thoughts on your, on what's going on at George or anything like that. But what was it like being in Indianapolis with all the media when Jalen Carter, you know, a guy who's a top five pick, everybody was excited to talk to him. What what was that like being there? Because that that was, I mean, it it was a shock for me in Sacramento. I can only imagine what it was like in Indianapolis, what that was feeling like.
1: That's a surreal moment. So let me set the stage in Jason Aponte's eyes. Everybody leaves the Airbnb early, but I had gotten in at 430 in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I haven't slept. So I said, I don't care about I think the kickers were first um that day. So I was like, I'm definitely not going. Yeah. So I just I make my way over. We stayed like a block away from the convention center. We get into I get into the, the media workroom, put my stuff down, grab my coffee, head downstairs. I see Brad Graham. He's cooking, he's jumping around everybody's stuff, and he's he's figuring out if the 49ers spoke to them. And I look up on the board. And I get there at 1025, and it says Jalen Carter speaks at 1030. And I had just gotten the alert, like you did, 10 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. And I immediately bolted over to that that podium. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to ask a question. I just wanted to see what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I ran into a few of the people that I had been talking with, beat writer for the Bears, a beat writer for uh, Indy. Shout out to Nate Atkins. Uh, beat writer for the texans we actually started you know t- and i'm like there's no way this guy comes out and speaks right mm-hmm. there's just no way that he comes out and speaks and they were like yeah i don't know but he had the biggest crowd around him like people were just waiting and we stood around for about maybe five ten minutes and he was like hey, you know we get the we get the my sports update who ari was there ari was there at the combine walking around yeah. like by himself and he says he's not coming out to speak and the nfl says he is in the medical testing portion of it. But when you read the report, there was a warrant out for his arrest. Mm-hmm. So it's it was all a surreal moment. I think everybody was just there kind of taking it in and sitting there and kind of waiting to see what was going to happen. But I don't think any of us expected him to come out just because that that was just going to be a ton of questions just about the case and everything that had happened. Mm-hmm. So, um what we started to learn later on as we, we moved around and we started talking with GMs and listening to them is that he interviewed very well, but the problem that he made or the problem that he, you know, put forth was he didn't talk about it. He didn't bring it up. He didn't talk about it. And that's, if he would have got out in front of it, maybe, you know, you have something that's a a little bit different, but Mm -hmm. he didn't get out in front of it. And it seemed like he was trying to to hide it again. I don't want to judge the young man. Um, I do feel there was a holier than thou take like from everybody there as if at 36 or 37 you've never driven drunk like you're holier than thou you've never you've never done anything stupid in your life. I felt like the kid was taking too much heat from people who I was watching the night before get wrecked like at the at the at the bar and it's like dude if you had a chance to get into your car and you were home you probably would have. So for me it brings up this conversation Andrew the hardest part of evaluating is evaluating the player. Yes. Do you write this off as a one-off or do you think this is a huge red flag? I cannot put an investment into this young mm-hmm. man because results are on the line. When you're a general manager and you invest in a in a pick and you invest in a player, you if your success largely rests in his hands. In you're not way.
0: You're not just investing in a player, you're investing right. in a person.
1: In the it? person. The hardest yes. thing to scout is the person. So do you mm-hmm. look at this young man and say, this is a mistake. I think I have learned enough about him. They do sight tests, all of these things. Now, can I move past it and can we take this kid and move him forward? I don't think he falls as far as you think he will. I don't think he falls out of the first no. round. I think when you read two misdemeanors, I think when you read... All of those things, turn himself in four k bond. He's out. So I don't know, but I do think a team, hello, Las Vegas Raiders, will not allow him to fall too far out of the way. Um, but teams that are worried about success and doing that right away, I think you have to hesitate a little bit more. I just feel two things that I feel very badly for the family involved in this that has to like have this drug, you know, through the the media about someone who lost their life in this situation. And the timing feels very suspect. The man was about to go speak at the combine
0: thirty Day minutes up before. Thirty yeah, that, minutes before that was that was the first thing that I saw a lot of people question, just kind of the timing of it all.
1: Thirty minutes before, mm-hmm. unbelievable, man! Like it's just it was the it was so surreal to see that. Like if you thought the Larry Mctunsil thing was a hit job, how can you not feel like this was as well too? So is this a ploy from somebody who got this out there? To make him fall or somebody who's trying to damage his stock? I don't know. But that was the experience I had with it. Something I'll never forget from this combine yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I because because that was the big, and I, I hate to dive into it too deep because it, it is it's a story that's way above my head and, and my pay grade. Uh, above, and it goes but just, past so, football and it goes past football so i just wanted to know what it was was like for, for yeah. you know the media to be there for that uh, and for what it's worth i just googled nfl mock draft a usa today mock draft from this morning has carter going 5 to the seahawks so so take That's that if you will we'll, we'll see what it changes over time and obviously time is, is, is going to happen uh well we, we we can hop off the jalen carter topic well one more thing we got one more thing okay yeah one more thing
1: so many other players have done horrible things to people mean vicious things to people Yes. You know, Michael Parsons, other people. You know, the the list goes on and on. But none of that ever really affected the draft capital for them. And it's just, mm-hmm. I do think that the talent is too far to, like, ignore. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to get it. If you don't know about what happened with Michael Parsons at Penn State, you can Google that. I'm not going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, Peyton Manning had an incident in Tennessee. And didn't seem to affect him at all. I right? mean, that
0: didn't really come out until he retired.
1: But it's pretty funny how it happened. People knew and in circles, but it didn't come out. No, anybody could have dropped that, right? Like, and put that right. out. You know, Joe Mixon. We all know what happened with Joe Mixon. Didn't yeah. necessarily hurt him. Nope. I'm, I mean, again, it's people that are using this moment right now to eviscerate this young man who made a terrible mistake. He mm-hmm. made a terrible mistake. And I think he has to deal with those consequences. And yep. I think if you're a general manager and you're hands off, I completely understand why. Mm-hmm. But let's not like act like the NFL is just put, turning a blind eye to players with red flags. I mean, Baker Mayfield ran from the cops. Stenson Bennett mm-hmm. was running from the cops and was behind a brick wall was actually there like as well, too. Like, it's insane to me that people are just using this moment right now to just eviscerate him and forget sexual assault. Sexual assault to men and hazing, right? Like with the, in the Micah Parsons case. So many things. And that's that's the thing. It's like you have to keep a level head when it comes to all of this and wait for all the facts to come out. But it just feels like Jalen Carter just got drugged through the mud, even though this is such a horrific uh, situation. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and there's not a ton of details out either, so that, that's a tough thing. Jason, uh, before we move on to more of the the, the social side, yeah. more of the social side of the combine, any final football takes you got?
1: Yeah, I mean, just what a combine. I mean, being able to see people run the fastest 40, have the highest vertical. Um, I mean, the the story of the young man who tore his ACL and then went to the bench press with one leg and and, and mm-hmm. still put up right like I just it's exciting to see young men chase their dream. It's exciting to get an insight into the process, look at general managers, kind of put yourself in their shoes. How do you evaluate? Is it all talent? I think Dan Campbell had one of the best quotes of the entire time. Um he said, We when we come into this process, we have evaluated the player via tape and what they've done and their character. The combine and them running around in underwear isn't exactly changing our mind. And I thought that was I thought that was the most refreshing like take. And as usual, Dan Campbell just spitting the reel. Like I loved it. So I it's good to see the insight and hear coaches talk about their process.
0: Uh so now to the social side of things. The uh NFL combine's all about stock rising, stock dropping, all that stuff. I don't think anybody had a bigger stock rising than Jason Aponte in the eyes no. of Mike Silver. Oh. Uh, so let's get let's get that story a little bit. Huh? Uh-huh. Let's let's all dive right. into that because that, that's the one I'm excited about.
1: So um, like you guys know, I Pushed back vehemently against Mike Silver's reports of the arm fatigue, all of those things, and then Trey Lance went on Quincy Avery's podcast and talked about I threw for twenty months straight, Mm -hmm. and my arm was dead. That was the context I was missing from Mike Silver's piece. But Mike Silver was right, Mm -hmm. so I was wrong. So what do you do as a man, right? Do you just continue to double down, triple down, and just say, you know, damn, you know, I'm I'm messed up and all that stuff? Okay. Well, I saw Mike Silver, and Brad had already come up to the media room and said, Mike Silver's downstairs. I spoke to him. He's actually pretty cool. So I see Mike Silver, and I walk up to him, and I say, Mike, my name is Jason Aponte. I cover the 49ers for Niners Nation. It's like, I, I want to apologize. I feel like I was a bit abrasive to you, like, you know, a very mean, brash on, on Twitter towards you. I was like, I just want to apologize because I think I didn't want to hear what you had to say, and it eventually came out to be true. And he goes, Did I block you? And I said, Yeah, you did. He goes, Well shit, man. He was like, Let me unblock you. And, and, and he unblocks me. And then and then that was it. Man, Mike Silver is a character. The mm-hmm. best way I could put it: a character. Cursing up a storm, giving me Steve and Joe stories, told me the story. If you look at his header, it's him like this after the fail Mary with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says, and he says, I'm asking Rogers what the fuck, man? And he's telling me, what the fuck? Like, he's like cursing like a sailor, like yeah. my sailor, uh, cool dude. And he said, hey, listen, if we're out tonight and you see me, he goes, you know, we'll have some beers. He goes, I'll give you some Steve and Joe stories and everything. Um, Saw him a few more times. My silver, cool dude, buried the hatchet, made sure that I I let him know, listen, I was absolutely wrong. I just didn't want to hear what he had to say. I just didn't understand the context of it, which he <laughs> didn't give. So, yeah, it was really cool to, to kick it with him and it, it goes down with everything else that, like, I had heard about Mike, that he was a cool dude. So, you know, shout-out to Lombardi. Shout-out to Mayoko. Shout-out to Jennifer Lee Chan. Shout-out to um, to Mike Silver. They were all very nice. We we, we had a, a good time. I hung out with Lombardi for a few hours uh, at Prime 47, just, you know, yeah. talking ball and everything. Um, you know, I, I, I think we have all, because we're so passionate about the team, we have all kind of judged a lot of people based on – Tweets yes. and their online persona. And it's just, exactly. that's not who they are. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Um, that's probably my biggest takeaway from the 49ers media. But shout out to all of those people. They were very nice. And, and they gave me a ton of good advice, you know, while we we're, while were standing there at John Lynch's uh, press conference, which I got to ask him a question.
0: So we talked about it already. Rich Heisen said he heard that Philip Rivers called the Niners. I don't need to know where you heard it from, what context. What was the wildest rumor you heard? Um, and and, well, and don't give too much. I, obviously, it's something that like we can't well, discuss. But what what's something that you feel comfortable mentioning? Don't say names who said it or nothing. What, what's the most interesting thing that you feel comfortable bringing up here?
1: So there was a story that came out about Adam Thielen from Minnesota okay. about being restructured or cut, and a high level Mikey uh, Viking's coach was like, "Yeah, I was like, we have to figure out a way to move off of Thielen because he's a bit, you know." He's he's kind of diminishing right now. And he told me that that night I didn't say anything on Twitter. And then I wake up. NBC Sports is like, you know, this, this and this. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like that was a scoop, you know, and it, I don't want to get into that business, though. I do not want to get into that business. because oh, it's a one,
0: dangerous business.
1: Because one, nobody ever believes you when you say anything. And two, even when you're right, nobody comes back and says, wow, you were right. So I don't care. I don't want to be in that business. I think it was more just about networking myself. So in terms of people that there were two places that you had to go. At the at the end of the night. Right. And one was called High Velocity, which was in the Weston, I believe, or, or Marriott. It's in the Marriott. Okay. It's a sports bar. Um, and then it was Prime 47. So I only went to High Velocity one night. And that night that I went, I met up with Steph. I met up with somebody, uh rise NFL draft, Ryan Roberts. And I met the managing editor of the the Browns portion of USA Today. And I looked to my left. And There's Sean Payton, just sitting there, just having you know, having a beer, just hanging out. So I say, Steph, let's go get a beer. And we go and we get a beer. And we, she said, you want to do a lap just to see who's in the place? Yeah. I said sure. We do a lap. And then look in the back. It's John Lynch.
0: Yep.
1: It's Adam Peters. Yeah. So Steph, who shout out to Steph, man, she was just growing in front of your eyes in terms of being able to ask questions and just she was just getting more we 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 gotta
0: get Steph on soon
1: absolutely and I'm not gonna give you the story because Steph and I just recorded bully ball so I'm sorry I know this is our podcast but it's Steph's story to tell about what happened when we met John Lynch and Adam Peters. That that episode will be out tomorrow.
0: That, that's I, good to know is that we're we're not disclosing that here because I was going no. it, so to ask you questions about it. Yeah, it's not my story. I will say this.
1: I walked up to John Lynch and I introduced myself. Seemed mm-hmm. like he knew who I was. I already asked him a question. But I implore you tomorrow when the Bully Ball episode drops on all streaming platforms, you go to Niners Nation, you listen to that so you can hear what happened. It's a wild story. And it's a story that is great. It's so good. And I allow Steph to tell it. Shout out to Steph. Steph grew in front of my eyes, asking players questions, asking coaches and GMs questions, being able to speak in public, right? Okay. So that's high mm-hmm. velocity. All right. Prime 47 was wild. That's where everyone was. Yes. Everyone. First, I walk in the first day. It's uh, me and KP. Lombardi standing there. I say, what's up to Lombardi? And Lombardi's like, oh, coach McDaniels right there. I was like, I'll be right back. Walk right over. I'm like, what's up, coach? I'm Jason Aponte. I cover the Niners for Not Nation. He goes, I remember you from last uh combine, bro, the Mike Jones question. I was like, Oh my god, coach, you're the man. Um, so that's why I asked him the I asked him the question about like, hey, you know, third string quarterbacks, and you know, he gave me that answer. But for him to remember me, okay, that's cool. Von Miller walks in, say what's up to Von Miller, um, Rich Eisen, Ian Rappaport, all those guys were there as well, too. And then the next night we go, not as many people, a little bit more laid back, but you know, Wink Martindale's there, the defensive coordinator for the Giants, Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and then the next, the last day was the day where everybody was there. And that's where it kind of felt like everybody was about to leave town. Kevin O'Connell, I got a chance to speak with him, the Vikings head coach. I, I did ask him if it was possible for him to throw Justin Jefferson the ball 30 times. And he flat out said no. Um, he was like, cause he was like, cause five of them will go to the other team. It was really nice about it. But um, Kevin O'Connell, Eric B was there. Coach Mike Tomlin came walking in Lynch and Peters. They all had this upstairs um, section of the of prime 47 where we're not allowed. You can't go up there and be like, no, not you. Um, Vance Joseph was there. Um, Jake Glazer. It was just, it was just cool to just be in the area nice. of all of these people and just be able to walk up to the Metfield Yates of ESPN. Really nice guy as well, too. Um, it's just, what I learned is the combine is one portion is the, the whole evaluating the players, talking to coaches and GMs, but the real portion of it is the networking Mm -hmm. later on at night and being able to speak with all these people and having them see your face again. Like even Rapport was like, oh, I saw you at the, at the combine and the Super Bowl," And I was like, yeah, that, you know, that's me. And, you know, McDaniel remembers me and, you know, Rich Eisen giving me, you know, I asked Rich Eisen the million dollar question. I'm like, what do you think is gonna happen with Trey Lance? And you know, he had had a glass of wine or two, and he said, "Well, I guess he's got to play, right?" And I was like, "Well, that's a frank answer, like you know." Yeah, and you and it was just, it's just really cool to figure out the, the parties are really where you need to be, and Indy's more of a party than it is anything. Shout out to all those guys that work on NFL Network that I saw there. Because they were just doing their job the next day like nothing. These are pros, pros right here. So, uh, you know, seeing Andrew Siciliano and all those guys that you see on TV and all that stuff, they're just regular guys, and they were just kicking it very nice. Everybody was really nice to all of us, and it was just cool to rub elbows with people. I'll give you the biggest nugget.
0: Okay, let's do it.
1: This is Niners news. Okay. And I want this to make sure I get out there. I spoke to a coach that coached Trey Lance and Brock Purdy and does extensive work with Trey Lance. And I asked this coach the million-dollar question, does Trey Lance or you feel like what happened with his injury was a result of Kyle Shanahan's play calling? And he looked at me and said, absolutely not shanahan felt that that's where he was as far as a passer and utilized him in the best way he thought he could and he has to continue to improve this is someone who works with trey lance who wasn't speaking for trey lance but understood why there were more runs than passes because of where trey lance was in his development and i am glad that he told me that because that's what we all thought and for him to say that he was putting him in harm's way Absolutely not. Also, rumor is Kyle and this organization is still very much team Trey.
0: There you go. Boom. There you go, uh, Jason. I love. I can. I can hear this. I can listen to this all day. Uh, I, I love this. I, I love this for you. I'm excited for you. Uh, I'm happy it happened, and I'm happy you were there, and I'm happy that that all my friends really seem to flourish. Jordan, Brad, Steph. Jared, Jared was out there as well. Got to, got to tell Jared him. In there. Jared's gonna be jealous of me on Wednesday because I'm going to AEW Dynamite in Sacramento. Oh, he
1: sure Dynamite. is gonna be jealous of you. And he oh. also made me a bet, which I intend to cash in on. He's got to stop with these bets.
0: Yeah, what's it, What's he gonna eat now? Is it a shirt?
1: I he just something about a, a, a sandwich bet or something like that. And I'm like, okay. is a sandwich made it out of a shirt or like it's just and it's the, it. I just don't understand Jared's thought process. I told him I'm like he, he likes losing bets. Right, I was like, the Dallas Cowboys are going to tag Tony Pollard. Probably means Zeke Elliott is on his way out. He's like, they're not cutting Zeke. I was like, do you want to bet? And he's just like, and I'm just like, can you stop with the bets at this point? Just stop,
0: please. <sighs> uh, Jason Aponte, we're, we're going to close the book on the combine. We got some. Oh, uh, so answer? is all this Brock pays praise from Lynch, tough love to Trey Axel?
1: Um, Axel, it's kind of weird, man. Everything that you're hearing and everything that I kind of took away from that press conference and the way he kind of worded things is that it's like all Brock. Right. And it almost feels like, well, I guess we'll just play Trey. I guess we'll play our third overall pick, which I think is weird. You should be excited. You should be excited. Right. Like you traded all this capital for him. You you get a chance to now see the kid develop, but Lynch was very tight to the chest with this about neither one is clear to play. So what am I going to tell you at this point? Right. That's why when people ask me, well, why didn't you ask who's going to be the starter or what the competition is, is John Lynch is a master media person. And he's just going to say, neither are cleared. We love both guys. We believe in both guys. We will see how it goes. And then guess what I did? Mm -hmm. I would have wasted my question because you only get one. So that's why everybody is so like, I would have asked this. Well, you could have asked that.
0: And John Lynch would have said. They don't have to answer. And John Lynch would have gave
1: John Lynch would have gave the D.C. dip and twirl. Brock's yeah. not cleared. Trey's not cleared. I don't know how I can declare a QB1 on March whatever. And, and I don't know. And we love both guys, and we believe in both guys. That's exactly the answer you would have got. There would have been no chance for a follow-up. So when people ask me, why didn't you ask that? Because I wanted a tangible answer to a tangible question. And I got John Lynch to go on record and basically tell you for sure We are looking at a veteran quarterback, which I felt, even though we all knew, was much more informative than him telling you that he doesn't know who's going to be the quarterback one because neither quarterback was cleared. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing I'm going to say about this because I saw far too much chatter about my question and about why I didn't ask certain questions.
0: You should have just asked him how his day was, plain and simple, Jason. I tried to, Uh,
1: but he he didn't want to answer that.
0: So the combine is over. Uh, I know there's pro day sprinkled here and there, but really the next thing we are looking forward to in the NFL legal tampering period, or I believe they call it the negotiating window is, is the technical term. March 13th at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Free agency starts March 15th at 1 p.m. West Coast time, 4 p.m. Jason Ponte time. The Niners are sitting at Roughly $8 million in cap space as of this second, unless that changed in the past. I know they announced some cap number uh, a few hours ago. I don't think that affects what the Niners cap space is right now. Obviously that can go up or down. The Niners are probably going to do some restructures. So we'll see what the Niners cap space is. Money aside, Jason Aponte, who is the free agent the Niners must sign this offseason?
1: From their own or from? Uh,
0: In free agency, not their own.
1: Uh-huh. Um, in free agency, it's Eddie Pinero because kicker is so mad, are uh, so important. I need to get my franchise kicker locked what in. What about man. Rodrigo
0: Blankenship, man?
1: No, thank you, man. No, no glasses for my kickers, man. It just implies that you can't see, man. I'm sorry. Um, no. In all fair, in all fairness, this is why I don't want you to draft like a a court uh, a kicker. You sign Eddie Pinero, who can kick the ball out of the end zone. He had a very good year kicking the ball mm-hmm. from further distances than Robbie Gold. And you know what, Coach? If you're not confident in your kicker, go for it more on fourth down. Let's yeah. see some aggressiveness. Let's see you. Let's see you take the bull by the horns and not be 27th in aggressiveness in the NFL as a coach. No, I'm just kidding. Um,
0: I was gonna say, are you? AG, I know that was your one answer. You wasted. No, I'm joking.
1: <laughs> see there you go.
0: <laughs> we got. Um, we
1: got. It would. It would be. Um, Either Hargrave or Cox or somebody who's going to play defensive tackle. Um, even though you know Cox is a little bit older, um, just a, they just needs a depend a dependable defensive tackle, somebody who can make things happen um, next to our Eric Armstead. This team builds in the trenches, then build. You know, like as far as offensive line, if you have if you have somebody that's in house, then that's fine. If you're going to go with Nick Sakel, fine. If you're going to go with Cole McKibb, it's fine. Um, but you need to have more pass rush. You need to have more dependable play from defensive tackles. You know, bring back Kevin Gibbons, you know, bring back guys that are rotational pieces. Hope that you get something from Danny uh, Trey Jackson and, and move him up. Um, I, I really uh, I really hope that it's a defensive tackle. So Deron Payne's off the board. Hargrave's going to cost probably too much. Flet- Fletcher Cox could be somebody who's a little bit older who might take uh, some money to run with another uh, chance to win a Super Bowl. Uh,
0: I think my name is Jesse Bates. I I was, I love I was bullish on him last offseason mm-hmm. uh, just, just because of the cost. I think it's very obvious, and I outlined this on NinersNation.com. I wrote a wish list. I, w- <laughs> I, I, I was a coward on my wish list, Jason Aponte, because I put Andy Dalton as the quarterback I would want personally. Andrew Dalton, yes. If he signs with the Niners is Andrew Dalton, I probably should have put Tom Brady. But uh, I put Jesse Bates as my wish list at safety. The Niners have obviously made a hard pivot from what we saw with Choukoski, Tart, and Jimmy Ward in terms of using their safeties as – Don't allow big plays. They've obviously made a pivot to wanting guys who can make interceptions. I don't know if there's a better free agent available than Jesse Bate at forcing turnovers. He has, what, 14 interceptions in five seasons? He had a career-high four last season. I I think he kind of fits. And the Niners were interested in him last year uh, before the Bengals hit him with the franchise tag. So I'm going to go Jesse Bates. Uh, My fun answer is Tom Brady because – Let's just get that answer out of the way now. Like, like, like that's my thing, man. I say Tom Brady, I say Aaron Rodgers, not because I don't like Trey Lance or I don't like Brock Purdy. I am just so tired of the quarterback questions at this point. And like, and nothing against, nothing against what I think of what Lance can be. Nothing against of what I think Purdy can be. I know damn well what Tom Brady is and what yeah. he can bring to this team. So, uh, But but if, if you want to read my thoughts on free agency, NinerNation.com, I pick five position needs the Niners have. And I say, hey, this is the best case. This is who I would want if money isn't a thing. I think I pick Draymond Jones as a defensive tackle. I think he could be a very interesting option for the 49ers in the center.
1: Mike Silver had like the, the funniest thing Mike Silver said. And trust okay. me, there's many of them. There's many yes. of them. He said, I don't know. I feel it. The football gods are going to give me a twelve to cover this year, whether that's Brady or whether that's Rodgers. He was like, I can just feel it in my bones, man. Like, and he said it really loud while we're waiting for Lynch. I'm just sitting there laughing. My silver man, like, definitely about, not the guy I thought he was.
0: What about Jameis Winston wearing number twelve?
1: Probably not. Trent Dilfer Don't, wouldn't allow him to take it out Trent of uh, out of retirement.
0: I like how John Brody gave Trent Dilfer that number, and now it's Trent Dilfer's number in my mind. You know, and that's that's my bit.
1: The only other thing that, that I can say that I was hearing were two other things, um, is that Miami is definitely willing to move off of Tua if they find an upgrade, which kind of plays into the whole like Tom Brady thing, like if he's going to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Packers are just fed up with Rodgers. And at this point, it's not even just, oh, we're just going to trade him out of the conference. They want to be done with it, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. So take that for what it is. Um, the general manager started his press conference and he said, before anyone asked me, I haven't spoken to Aaron Rodgers. Like he just was just fed up and just everything that everybody was saying is that the Packers don't want to deal with this anymore. They're looking to be done with it and try to kick off Jordan Love's development. However late it is, they're just done with it. Like and and yeah. I and they're just fed up with him holding them hostage. So. And and I just don't think that it's something where they want to get him out from the AFC. They are just willing to get rid of yeah. him for anything, for anybody who can give them what they're looking for in terms of compensation.
0: Yeah, and I mean you would think the Packers would be comfortable trading him within the conference, considering he can't win conference championship games. <laughs> That's, That's a good is. joke, Andrew. Definitely That's stole that one on twitter.com. That's okay. Uh, original original him. content here on the sprint ride option. Definitely podcast. cooked him though. Hey Jason. I don't know how we do this, man, but but the last two episodes we've had, we texted each other, and said, "Yeah, probably not that long tonight. We'll, we'll be good." And then we've hit an hour. Uh, I love doing this. I'm having a great time, Jason Aponte. But I think we should probably call it. Yeah. Um, I think we're finally getting to the point where I th- I think we're going to be more frequent than once every It'll two be, weeks. It's going to be
1: free agency. Yeah, it's going to be once a week. I'm reinvigorated now. Like I'm, now we're in, now we're in full swing. You know, you mm-hmm. have a month until the draft now. Free agency's about to pick up. You're definitely going to see more of us. The channel's going to have a lot more um, stuff. So make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. Make sure you find the Spring Right Options the podcast wherever you get your audio mm-hmm. downloads. Yeah, the, the content's about to go up right now because now we've passed the low. We've got yeah. you know our, our combine done. We have our results. Who ran 40s? All that stuff. Free agency, legal tampering starts next week. You've already seen some things happen today. Derek Carr signed with the New Orleans Saints. Nailed that prediction. That's one. Uh, I still got Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. I still got Jimmy going to the Raiders. So, you know, hopefully I can hit on all three. But, yeah, the content's definitely going up, man. We're back. We're back.
0: Yeah, the NFL offseason was very long before content. And now it's like, oh, man, yeah, you get that one month after the Super Bowl. Then it's combine. Then it's free agency. Then it's the draft. And then all of a sudden, right after the draft, you're back in camp and we're doing it all over again. So. Yep. Very exciting offseason planned here on the Sprint Ride Option Podcast. I hope Jason Aponte gave you guys some great stories from the Combine today. Uh, NinersNation.com, Jason Aponte, we still right there. Bully Ball, make sure to download the new episode tomorrow because I want to promise hear story. you, I promise you, because I know the story. I'm not going to say it, not my story to tell. Mm-hmm. I promise you're going to want to hear Steph Sanchez's mm-hmm. story with mm-hmm. John Lynch and Adam Peters. It's going to be mm-hmm. very exciting. So be sure to go download that. Uh, is that all the plugs? Is that all the I think that's all the plugs?
1: Yeah, that's it. And uh, shout out to all the people that I told, like, hey, you know, I used to watch you on TV, uh, I looked up to you, like, I used to watch Rich Eisen on Sports Center, dog. Like, oh, when yeah. I was a kid I remember I him was, on like, Sports, that
0: was a big deal when he was on yeah. ESPN and switched to NFL Network.
1: Hell yeah, when I used to turn on the, the TV before I would go to school, it would be Rich Eisen on my TV, man. You know, mm-hmm. and shout out to all the people that were so nice, man. Shout out to Coach McDaniel, definitely my favorite coach in the world, man. Coach McDaniel, none of that is an act. None of it is. No, none of that is an act. That is who he is, man. Oh, all right.
0: What was here is the coolest. He had, he had, he had the quote really quick before he gave, we'll get into this and then we'll be out of here. He had the quote. He was with Florio. I think, where they asked him, like, you know, he's you dressed like up money. fancy. He goes, "You look like money." He's like, "Well, yeah, I grew up with no money, so of course I'm gonna dress up like I have money now." What are you talking about? Yep. And I love him for. We should, hey Jason, we should try and get him on the pod one day. And just not. Yeah,
1: up. I mean, and the next time I see it's, Coach, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, Coach Pod," he's gonna be like, "Let's do it."
0: Let's do it. We'll ask uh, Andrew. will f- literally ask who is Mike Jones because he's still confused by that. Who Jason, is look, Mike Jones? One, one last story on one the last way story. out, and then we'll get out of here. Okay.
1: First night that I'm there, um, like I said, I say what's up to Lombardi. I say what's up to Coach Mike. I go back to the bar so I can get my drink. And I I promise you I'm not gassing you on this because I was just as shocked as you were going to be when I tell you this. Okay. Someone pops out of the bar and goes, are you Jason Aponte? Hell yeah. And I said, yeah, I am. And he's like, dude. He goes, I live in San Jose. He goes, I love all your shit. I work for AWS. We're here at the Combine working with Next Gen Stats. So here's more insider info. Next gen stats, newest addition to their stats are going to be for the offensive and defensive line. That is what they were doing at the combine. Last year, it was all about DBs and coverages and quarterbacks against certain coverages that they implemented. This year, you are going to get defensive line and offensive line stats. But the gentleman who worked for Amazon recognized me and said, Can I buy you a drink? That was the coolest thing ever. I was like, Dude, as a DC was in here, who the hell am I? Like I'm nobody. Like you. Like like. Look at all these people in here. You got coaches, GMs, former players, or you got regular players. Like Von Miller's here. Like it, it was just a nice little thrill. And then you know the next night he was there. He saw Steph. He knew who Steph was. And yeah. then he yeah. said, "Well, I love O line, but I would love to talk about it with Brad Graham." And I said, "You mean what a
0: reference to draw?" I was
1: like, "You mean the guy who is asleep at my Airbnb right now?" I I, I Facetime Brad, and I'm like Brad. There's a guy here who is asking to talk to you, and you're sitting there. I think you just ordered White Castle. You're not here to talk with him, man. So it was cool. It was – shout out to that guy, man, from San Jose, man. He was showing a lot of love, man. That was the coolest thing from the entire time of the combine.
0: That's only happened to me once, and it's still, like, the weirdest thing. Because remember when we were in line at the Stanford game? Mm-hmm. The guy was like, oh, are you just spent right option pie, and I'm like, y- y- yes? Like, holy, yeah, that – I, I don't know how to socially react to those at all, but like it's such a weird moment because I'm just like, dog. We just we literally just turned on cameras one like, not to make it about this, but like we we turned on our cameras three years ago just talk 49ers football. Oh, no, Jason Aponte's just casually like, yeah Lombardi, like we know Lombardi, like Jason's that's my guy, you know. like he's is talking to guy. these people, draw, name dropping. I love it. I love it. I love Lombardi it
1: so is my much. guy, man. Uh, uh, Lombardi is my guy, man. We hung out for a while there, and we were just talking ball and stuff again. Um, online personas is kind of just, you know, very. Different. And, and, and you know what, I got to be more cognizant of the way that I speak to people online too. So that's why I kind of just don't, you know, I'm not as engaging as much anymore because yep. I don't want anybody thinking anything bad about me. I mean, if you have a conversation with me face to face, you realize that I'm not like that. And I'm very like, no. I'm not intimidating at all, but yeah, man, online has kind of changed perception. I think that if a lot of people had a chance to have five minute conversations with people that they're like, Oh, I hate this guy, Whenever oh, yeah. he tweets or anything like that you'll kind of realize that they're like, oh, well, he's actually not a bad guy yeah. at all. It's yeah. just you have differing football opinions. So.
0: Yep, yep, that that's all it is. People tend to take the football opinions personally. They shouldn't, but that's okay. Hey, Jason Aponte, it was a blast. I had fun, as always.
1: Let's go Niners.
0: Let's go Niners, huh?
1: Sign Jameis Winston.